Welcome to Thrive Lathrop Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. All right. Well, good morning, Thrive. How are you guys doing? Good. Hey, do me a favor. Let's welcome everyone online watching this morning. Online campus, we love you. Thank you for joining us. I know some of you slept in because the hour changed. It's okay. We still love you. We still love you. And listen, before we move on, can we just give a shout out to our coffee team this morning? Because without them, half of y'all would have been asleep during worship. Come on. I don't, I, I, hour forward, spring, what is daylight savings? Are we saving time? Are we losing time? I just, it's just bad. Help me, Lord. It's all good. It's all good. But hey, I'm so excited and what an incredible worship set. I am so grateful for our team, our dream team that makes it happen every week. Love them so much. And I'm believing today that what we're going to talk about, uh, God's really going to speak through it. And so very excited to share this morning. For those that do not know me, my name is Pastor Chris. I get to serve as the lead pastor here at Thrive Church and very excited to have you with us. If you're here for the first or second time, thank you so much for coming. You caught me on a rare day. I look like a pastor this morning. <laughs> All right. Hey, let's go ahead and jump in the message this morning. Do me a favor. Stand to your feet. Come on, stand to your feet. And we're going to go to the book of John today, the book of John. And we are going to be talking about conviction, conviction. The title of today's message is Inside Out conviction. And I believe that just like last week and the last few weeks, God's just going to continue to move in our lives. And I'll, I'll jump in that in a minute, but I want to really get into the word and jump right into that. So John chapter 16, let's go ahead and throw it on the screen, verses 7 through 11. And it says this, it says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, everybody say the helper. The helper will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict. Everybody say convict. Amen. Convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. And then verse 11. Concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Come on, let's pray. Jesus Thank you for what you're doing in this house. Thank you for what you're doing at Thrive. I pray that this morning I would decrease and you would increase. Holy Spirit, I pray you draw near and you draw close. I pray that every person who's watching or every person in this room knows that tonight, today's not an accident. And that God, you have specifically designed today to get somewhere with us in our hearts. And so God, I pray we would lean in to what you're doing in the room. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. 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 Go ahead and have a seat. Go ahead and have a seat. All right. So as we continue our Inside Out series, right, for the last few weeks, we're now in week six. We got four more to go after this. And we've been talking about each week how you and I need to mature in Jesus and how how, what are maybe some of the indicators or the signs or, or how do we know we're growing up? How do we know we're maturing? And what are some of these things you and I got to work on to make sure we are maturing? And so today, we're going to talk about conviction. And it almost feels like it's been like a mini-series within the series. 
We talked about consecration one week. We talked about uh, obedience last week. The week before that, we talked about emotions. And now we're talking about uh, conviction. And really, those four are, are very much, I believe, connected. They are different in a little bit of a way. But, but they are really, really connected. And, and I'm so excited for this series and this conversation today. As I was praying this week, and uh, how many of you know, just sometimes you just, got a, you just got a rough one. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm saying? And I just felt so deeply in my heart, I've learned that whenever there's resistance, that means God wants to push through in a special way. Some of y'all, you gotta know that. Some of you, the reason why things are going wrong is not because you're doing something wrong. Sometimes it's because God's just trying to do something new. And the devil don't want to, the devil don't like you. He's your biggest hater. He unlikes all your Instagram pictures. It's not even possible. I'm excited in this conversation of conviction because, because the idea of conviction and, and the topic of conviction, I, I, I felt this in, in years ago when, when preparing kind of this series and, 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 and learning this topic a little bit, I have learned that conviction really has become a lost art in modern Christianity. To be able to have the ability to let Holy Spirit and, and the presence of God convict us so that you and I can no longer be stuck in the same sin that we were stuck in. There's a lot of freedom I feel this morning. There's a lot of healing that I think God wants to do this morning. There's a lot that God wants to speak to our minds and our hearts or remind us that sometimes even if it sounds basic or fundamental, that's the thing we need to get back to the place where you and I were with Jesus maybe years ago. And so let me just jump right into it. Um, and, and I have a few notes and I want to make room for some Holy Spirit, for Holy Spirit at the end to do what he wants to do. Um, because it's kind of funny if we invite Holy Spirit in the room and then we don't let him do what he wants to do, you know? And so, um, so let, me, let me just go ahead and start with this. Let me define the word conviction for you. We've kind of been doing this every week and then I kind of give you my definition as well. And so the word conviction in English is a firm held belief, opinion, the state of being convinced. That sounds like a stubborn person if you ask me. Anybody know that person who's just stubborn who don't listen, you know? Uh, in the Old Testament, the, the Bible, it, it says that Israel was a stiff-necked people. That's what God called them. I was like, wow, God, that's mean. It means they're so, they're, like their neck is stiff, like they don't turn left or right. They're just stuck. Um, but I, I think it's a little bit different. I, I don't think it's necessarily stubbornness. Um, conviction in this context is that you and I would get to the place, and I believe this is a, an incredible sign for believers who are maturing, people who are growing, is that you and I just really believe what we believe. And I know that sounds very fundamental, and I know that sounds very basic, but I believe that's such a, an important thing in today's society is that you and I, as people who follow Jesus and follow the way, would just believe what God says we should believe. It's that simple, that we would be convicted, that we would have a firmly held belief, that we would be in a state of being convinced, that meaning like how what it says in the New Testament where the Apostle Peter says that you and I would not be reeds tossed to and fro by the wind. Does that make sense? It's like Pastor Eric talked about a couple weeks ago, the motions that our house would be on the rock and not sand. That, that the, the, the winds of culture and society and opinion and personal truth would not dictate our 
fundamental belief system of who we are and how we follow Jesus. Right? So in Hebrew, let me just give you the Hebrew definition. In Hebrew, Old Testament, it's the word yaha. Everybody say yaha. Yeah, I got a, you know, always in Hebrew. Testing our faith, right? Come on. It's to argue, to prove, to correct. So in the Old Testament, the context of conviction is this idea of arguing, proving right, and correcting. And then in the New Testament, it's the word alejo. Everybody say alejo. Alejo. To convict, to refute, to confute. And so let's put these together. The idea is this. And this is where I really want to get in. Ooh, this is going to be good. Okay, here we go. Here we go. The Holy Spirit's responsibility in your life is not to make you feel good, but it's to get you to the place where you are corrected and in alignment with the ways of Jesus. And if you and I are going to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, because that's ultimately what we're going to talk about today. Maturing in Jesus and as a disciple means you and I have to mature in our relationship with the Holy Ghost. You and I have to have a relationship with the Holy Ghost. And you and I have to mature in our relationship with the Holy Ghost. And the only way you and I are going to mature in our relationship with the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Ghost, is that you and I need to have uh, an understanding and an openness for conviction to be part of our life. And this is where I think we get it wrong. Because what we want to do, especially in Holy Ghost, charismatic, Pentecostal circles, is we want the Holy Spirit who is maybe the presence of God or the Holy Spirit that gives gifts or the Holy Spirit that makes people like fall down on the floor and shake and whatever, right? You know what I'm talking about? Like, you know, old revival meetings. And some of y'all went to church back in the day where you had to go to service in the morning and at night. You know what I'm talking about? That old school stuff. I love what Pastor Lee Baca says. It's one of my favorite quotes. He says, it doesn't matter how high you jump at the altar if you can't leave and walk straight. I was like, oh, my heart, Pastor Lee. And you know, some of y'all, Pastor Eric's dad, Pastor Lee Baca, y'all know Pastor Lee. Like, he doesn't say it nicely. He says it mean because he's Pastor Lee. Come on. Right? He's, he's preaching. If you, don't, if you, can, you can yell and scream on the altar, but if you can't walk out straight, what does it matter? You and I and modern Christianity has developed a relationship with Jesus where we want his stuff but not his ways. We don't want a marriage. We want just visitation to allow our hearts and our emotions to feel good so that way we can keep doing the thing that he tried to deliver us from. But if you and I would begin to understand that if we were to draw really close to Holy Spirit and, and, and we would begin to have the relationship with the Holy Spirit that God has designed, the Bible says that he would be in us and we would be in him, that we can no longer live a life that's unconvicted. We can no longer live a life that is like what Peter says, tossed to and fro like the wind. And so what are these definitions saying? They're saying this is what the Holy Spirit's going to do. And this is one of his number one priorities, that he will come into your life. He will argue you. He will prove you wrong. And he will correct you. He will convict you. He will say you're not doing what you're supposed to do. And then he will confute the thing that's in your life. And this is what I'm trying to say, that if you're in a season where it feels like every time you spend time with God, and it feels like it just is like, man, 
man, I'm not doing the things I'm supposed to. And he's highlighting the things in your heart or the things that you're in your life that you know you're not supposed to be doing. I'm telling you, you're getting closer, not farther. This is, this is the light bulb. Here we go. That when you get close to Holy Spirit, it doesn't mean that everything goes away. No, it's almost as if as you get closer to the light, that the light begins to reveal the darkness in our life and in our past and in our heart. And what you and I have to do is begin to understand that in this relationship, we need to allow that to happen so that God can do what he wants to do in our life. I believe this. I believe that God can change the world with a person who has conviction. I believe that. That's my definition. I believe that God chooses people, normal people, broken people, messed up people, people that got all sorts of stuff. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? Because I know I'm talking about myself. But a person who's convicted, a person who would say, God, use me because I know that if I'm close to you and I'm connected with you, that I'm following you, that, God, you can do something incredible through my life. Amen. I believe God can change the world with a person who's convicted. And I believe this as well. And I think you and I have to understand this dynamic when it comes to the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is baptizer, helper, and convictor. You cannot separate one from another. Come on, we can't. And, and honestly, in my opinion, I believe before Jesus wants to come and give you gifts, before Jesus wants to come and, 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 and baptize you in fire, I believe Jesus comes, I believe the Holy Spirit comes and convicts you. And so we talked about this last week with obedience and rebellion. We talked about how you and I need to have, and, and, and similar in consecration when we talked about sin and we talked about rebellion, how you and I need to make sure we, we, we sever our relationship with sin and we sever our relationship with rebellion. But, but it's kind of the opposite in this conversation, that you and I need to have a strong relationship with conviction in the Holy Spirit. I believe the only way you're going to grow out of the things that you struggle with is that you begin to have a strong relationship with the conviction of God on your life. It's not a fancy message. It's not a feel good. If you just came for the first time, I promise I love you. But I also want to let you know that if you're going to leave these doors, we're never going to let you leave the same way. We're never going to tell you something. That allows you to stay stuck in your sin in your past. And if you and I want to have a mature, healthy, growing relationship with God, then you and I have to let the Holy Spirit convict us of all the things we struggle with in our life. Look what Charles Finney says. He's one of my favorite authors. He says this. He says, revival is a renewed conviction of sin and repentance, followed by an intense desire to live in obedience to God. Revival, the, the reviving of a heart. When, when, when God talks about revival in the Old Testament, New Testament, it, 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 it's in the context of, of salvation and healing and freedom, right? When, when God wants to move in an individual's life, when God wants to change and transform an individual's life, what happens is there's a renewed conviction of repenting of the things that separated us from the love of God. 
the things that we have allowed in our life from the beginning, or maybe we inherited. And what begins to happen is God begins to do surgery in our hearts and surgery in our life. And what immediately follows after a spirit of repentance and conviction is an intense desire to follow Jesus and follow his way. That is what happens when God moves. Now, it can happen at an altar. It can happen on a Sunday. It can happen in a small group. It can happen in your car. How many ever had a moment where God just starts speaking in your car and you got to pull over? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Or at, a, or at your home or whatever. I don't, I don't care. I don't, like Holy Spirit can do whatever he wants, right? The, the church isn't the building. Holy Spirit's not stuck in the box anymore. But what we desperately need, guys, I'm convinced of this. What we desperately need is God to move again in culture and society. What we desperately need is a people, come on, let me preach for a minute, is a people who would say, Holy Spirit, come. What we desperately need is a people who would say, Holy Spirit, I'm not scared of how close you would come. I'm not scared of what you would do in my life. Holy Spirit, I'm not scared of the things that I did in my past. I'm not scared of what the enemy would try to tell me. I'm not scared of all the stuff that would try to disconnect me. Holy Spirit, what I need is you in this moment, in my season, in my business, in my work, in my school, in my family. Why? Because Holy Spirit, you're the only one that can change it. Holy Spirit, you're the only one that can transform. Holy Spirit, you're the only one that can move and speak and heal and set free. God, I need you now more than ever. And I think God's looking down from heaven and saying, can I, set, can I find a people that would want me? Can I find a people that would choose me? Can I find a people that I can trust? Can I find a people that when I get near, they would let me do what I want to do? Renewed conviction of sin and repentance followed by an intense desire. I love this quote. An intense desire to live in obedience to God. If there's anything my heart would pray and burn for for this house, it would be that quote. That Thrive would be known as a place where people can come. Doesn't matter who they are. Doesn't matter how messed up they are. Doesn't matter how broken they are. Doesn't matter what sin they did. Doesn't matter if they did it an hour before they got here. Doesn't matter. They might have even did it in the Target parking lot. Come on, somebody. But they got here. And what happens, not because we were angry at them or not because we try to shove the Bible down their throat. No, no, but that the presence of God and the people of God would be so loving and gracious and kind and merciful that God would begin to move in their heart when they walk through the door or walk in that small group or walk in that home. And what would begin to happen is that the spirit of repentance because of the mercy and kindness of God would lead them to Jesus. And they would say, God, I'm tired of all the mess. I'm tired of all the sin. I'm tired of all the the brokenness I'm tired of all the stuff and that what they would begin to do is when they would leave this place or when they would hang out with us on the street and they would leave when they would stop hanging out with us and out of nowhere they'd get in the car and say God I gotta follow you and why am I saying this because it does not happen without conviction Family, we've met too many Christians, not necessarily here. You know when I'm talking about Christians in general, I don't mean us, but sometimes I mean us. You know what I'm talking about. Let's not be arrogant. We've met too many Christians that are spineless, that have no backbone, that lack how it says in the Old Testament, iron in their spirit. 
that have a well and a depth to them. So that way when winds and waves come, they're not tossed. So that way when things happen, they're not tossed. Conviction does that. So if, when we talked about consecration, consecration was this idea that God, I don't want to get close to the line, right? My heart is that I don't want to get close to the line. Obedience was this idea that, okay, God, I'm going to make sure I never step over the line because once I step over the line, it's sin and rebellion. You know, remember? remember? If you missed it, I did the cha-cha slide three weeks ago. You can watch it online. <laughs> and conviction, what I would say, is actually the guardrail so that way we never cross the line. Because the way the Holy Spirit helps us is by convicting us. And so the Holy Spirit convicts us not because he hates you, but actually because he loves you. And so, for example, let me just, let me just like, explain. Just a, I want to give a little analogy. Um, let's say you're just hanging out at your house, and, right, it's late at night or whatever the case may be. And, and, you're, and you're going to sleep, and your family's going to sleep, or da-da-da-da. And I don't know where you hear some rustling and some stuff. Or let's just say it's not rustling and stuff. Let's just say, bam, like someone kicks your door, Right? And, 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 right, it's a terrifying idea, but, you, man, you got a robber that's coming into your house. And you just have someone kick your door. And they just start coming in your house and trying to steal all your stuff. And their intention is this. That robber's intention is this. It's to steal something in your life. It's to kill maybe your family. And it's to destroy everything that you have. And so if you and I... And I'm just speaking from like a man's perspective, but women, you guys can handle it too. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be honest. My wife would probably wake up before I did. Because she's from Stockton. She's ready in season, out of season. I'd be like still trying to put my like sweats on and she's like ready to go with a bat. You know what I'm saying? She'll shank someone. She will. Don't let her deceive you. She's little and she's cute, but she'll shank you. Special, right? And, and, so, and so, here, here, here. Let me go back to the scene. Let me go back to the scene. Let's go back. Let's go back. Robbers everywhere, right? And so what are you going to do? So if, if I don't have a weapon, I'm going to try to fight it with my hands, da, da, da. And, and, and what's going to end up happening is I'll probably lose. But if I had a weapon, like a shotgun, if you have a robber coming into your house, you're going to get that shotgun. And you're going to point it at that robber and you're going to be like, bro, get out of my house or it's bad for your life. Right? Right? Come on, fellas. And if you don't like the Second Amendment, it's not even the topic. Like, just follow me, okay? Just, I'm not even trying to get political. But let's just say you had a shotgun and you're going to use that shotgun if someone's intentions are to rob you, to steal, to kill, and destroy you. Now... Let's say you go into position, right? And you're like, bro, I dare you. I dare you to come in this room. Right, you ready. And then you look and you open the door or you go into the living room with the shotgun, right? And what happens if you know the person that's robbing your house? Well, what you and I will do is probably not shoot him or her. And be like, hey, what are you doing in my house? Like, let's say it was your cousin that you don't like. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. 
that, all, that does all sorts of scandalous stuff and still thinks that, like, you know, he's still okay, but no, they're not. You're like, bro, what are you, what are you doing in my house? Right? If it's someone you don't know and someone tried to attack your family, bam, they're going down. Let's just be honest. But if it's someone you know, if it's someone you know, you're going to stop and talk to the person robbing your house because you have a relationship with the person that's robbing your house. And can I tell you that you and I do the same thing with sin? Instead of killing it, you talk to it. Instead of, because sin comes into your house. The devil comes into your house. The devil comes into all your stuff and all your spot and all your kids. And what sin will do is he'll creep into your house. And what does the Bible say? That the enemy's works came to still kill and destroy. And what it's going to do is going to come into your house and it's going to try to rob you and it's going to try to kill you. And let me tell you, unless you got a shotgun, he's just going to run amok. Conviction is the shotgun to protect your life. Conviction is the shotgun to protect the holiness that's in your life. Conviction is the shotgun. Conviction is the thing that, that, that God has decided to use through the Holy Spirit to allow you to protect what God is doing in your life. And what you and I need to do is learn how to use the shotgun. Instead of every, I, instead of every time that, I have a, that, I'm, I'm, that I'm struggling with sin, that I'm having a conversation with it. Because you'll only allow someone to do something that hurts you in a way if you have a relationship with that person. And what you and I got to do is sever the relationship with, with, that you have and that I have with the sin of our life. Y'all, we need a shotgun. We need to let Holy Spirit protect us and guard us. And that's what, my friends, conviction does. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close with this. I'm almost done. So I think here's the problem. And if I could be honest, here's the problem. The problem is not that we don't know. It's actually just we don't want to. Like I don't about my, like, like I'm, just going to, I'm just going to talk about me. It's not that I don't know. Yeah, I don't, you know, be on the phone or the internet by yourself late at night. Yeah, I don't go to the bar because you know you're an alcoholic. Yeah, I don't like go to that party. Yeah, like it's not that we don't know. Come on, don't be, in the, don't be texting that girl. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Don't be texting that guy. Like whatever, whatever you struggle with. I'm just naming some. There's like a hundred more. Whatever. It's not that we don't know. Come on, church people. It's not that you don't know. Because you've been in the pew for 21 years. It's not like you don't know. I used to serve on the board 17 years ago. Whatever. It's not that you don't know. It's just that you don't want to. You don't want conviction. You don't want the Holy Spirit to be close. You like to stay in your cookie-cutter Christianity of sin and mess. Like, let's just be honest. And then you get all mad that everyone hates you. They don't hate you. They're just trying to help you. And, they, they want, and, and God wants to love you. And you're just like, ah, oh, but da, 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 da. It's like, no, dude, like, grow up. And it's not that you don't know. It's just you don't want to. I keep saying it because it's true. You don't want to. It's not like Zadok doesn't know that he needs to brush his teeth. It's just he doesn't want to. And I know it's like, wow, Pastor Chris, that sounds really mature. I know. That's how you sound sometimes. That's how I sound sometimes. You and I got to get to the place where we want to. And I think sometimes the reason why we don't want to is because we can't tell the difference between what's God and what's the devil. Because I think the reason why we have a struggle with conviction is because we don't understand the difference between conviction and condemnation. 
And what we think is we begin to associate conviction with condemnation. And what we don't want to do is live in a life of condemnation. But oftentimes what happens is we think that the conviction is end of condemnation or condemnation is actually conviction. And what we've done is we have not developed a clear understanding of the two and so we live in our mess and we just stay in the I don't want to because whenever we feel or hear something or sense something we can't discern what's really from Jesus and what's really from like ourselves or the devil so let me help some of you let me tell you the difference between condemnation and conviction and guys I'm telling you it's going to be like whoo a light bulb because this is what happened when God spoke to me on this here we go number one condemnation hides in darkness but conviction rescues us into light you want to tell the difference because it feels the same at first, right? Like when you get the pow-pow. You ever got the pow-pow from God? If you haven't, you might today. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, you know, like the, it, it feels bad. It's like, oh, like it doesn't feel good. Condemnation will, will always try to isolate you and push you into a dark place. This is how, because the devil only works in darkness because he's not the father of lights. That's who God is. So condemnation hides in darkness, but conviction, when the Holy Spirit comes and he wants to convict us, he'll always get us to the place where he wants us to reveal the sin that we're struggling. Not because he wants to embarrass us, but because it's only in the light that God can heal us. A surgeon does not do surgery in darkness. Come on. Come on, Pastor Juan. We're trying to play, you know, hide and seek and, you know, trying to hide from God in the dark. And then we're like, God, heal me. And God's like trying to get the biggest light he can because it's who he is. And let me, let me, because, because it's only when we reveal what the things we struggle with that God begins to go in and do surgery. So condemnation will always try to get you to stay in darkness. Condemnation, this is how it will sound. This is, this is how the enemy sounds. This is the difference. He'll say, Chris, he'll say, Chris, uh, just, just don't tell nobody. Chris, just do it by yourself. Chris, just bare knuckle it. Chris, no one needs to know. Chris, no, no one needs to know. Chris, just, just stay there. Chris, it's just between us. And I'm thinking it's God. That's not God. What God will do is, Chris, man, you messed up. You need to tell your pastor. Chris, you messed up. You need to tell your parents. Chris, you messed up. You need to tell your small group leader. Chris, you need to tell your wife. Chris, you need to tell someone you're struggling. Chris, I don't, I don't want to embarrass you. I don't want you to feel shame and guilt. But, what, but, but you got you to you reveal this because only in the revealing that God's able to move because he functions in light. Okay, number two. You, you guys good? I'm going to help some of us tonight uh, or this morning. I really am. Number two, condemnation will focus on our past, but convic- conviction will launch us into our future. Come on, somebody. Here's how the devil sounds. When you mess up, man, you're such a screw up. Of course you would do it again. Of course you would drink again. Of course you would fall into drugs again. Of course you would sleep around again. Of course you would do that thing you're not supposed to. Of course you would. That's who you were. And what, what the enemy will do is only focus on your, I've said this before, he will only focus on your past because he doesn't know your future. So that's how condemnation sounds. It will, it will remind you of who you used to be. 
but conviction will launch you into your future. This is what God says. Same, it sounds the same in the beginning. Man, you messed up. God can say the same thing. Chris, you messed up. But here's the difference. God won't remind me of my past because he has shed his blood so that way I don't have to remember my past and he doesn't remember my past. As far as the east is from the west, that's what the Bible says, our sin is separated from God. And so this is what I say, Chris, you messed up. I know God. Don't you know that's not you? Don't you know what you're called? Don't you know that you're gonna be an amazing husband and an amazing father? Don't you know that you got people to pastor? Don't you know that you got people to reach? Don't you know that I got something better for you than that? Do you see the difference? Do we see the difference? Come on. Number three, condemnation will produce shame and guilt. Conviction will release and empower us. So this is what happens when you have condemnation in your life. Condemnation will begin to produce a spirit and a heaviness of shame and guilt. And let me break down shame and guilt just to help us just a little bit. Shame is something that someone did to you. Guilt is something you did to yourself. But Jesus came to set you free from both. And so if you're feeling condemnation, what begins to happen is you begin to produce this level of shame and this level of guilt, and you feel embarrassed with God. But with its conviction, God doesn't do that. God doesn't go to your past and start trying to make you feel the shame and guilt you felt of your past. No, conviction will be like, Chris, this isn't you. Chris, you're not called to this. Chris, this isn't who you are. You're a son, you're a daughter, you're loved, you're amazing. I'm gonna empower you to kill this. I'm gonna empower you to release this. I'm going to empower you to do all that I want to do in your life. I'm not going to let you be stuck in this anymore. Yeah. Lastly, condemnation creates insecurity. But conviction solidifies identity. You want to know if it's the Holy Spirit convicting you? He talks to you like you're his kid. You want to know if the devil's talking to you? He talks to you like as if you're trash. He talks to you as if... He doesn't know you, but knows everything about you. And what it does is it'll, it'll begin to create insecurity. And next thing you know, you're questioning everything when you're in condemnation. But when you're in conviction, you begin to know God loves me even more. You begin to know that I can trust God even more. You begin to know that I can choose Jesus even more. Because I know I'm a son. I know I'm a daughter. I know I'm loved. I know I'm saved. I know I'm rescued in his grace. I know who I am. And even if I messed up, I know who I am. I love, I'm going to end it with this. This quote by Watchman E says, Now is the hour that we should humbly prostrate ourselves before God willing to be convicted afresh of our sins by the Holy Spirit. I love that line. I believe that's what God wants to do today. Now is the time. For those watching online or in the room, can we just for a few minutes allow the Holy Spirit to convict us of anything he needs to convict us of? And that from this day forward, can you and I choose a life of conviction rather than of condemnation? Stand to your feet with me. Every head, every head bowed, every eyes closed. Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at thrivelathrop.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.